Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. What's a gross game. It was yesterday afternoon inside the Caesar Superdome. An woeful offensive game between two flawed teams battling it out to see who could field goal the other team to death. There was a good old-fashioned coughing it up in the red zone fumble. There was bad play calling. There was the worst version of the quarterback trying to do too much a fight, and some of the most atrocious officiating you will ever see. That's just a good old-fashioned Week 2 Saints-Bucks game. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one. Of course, I'm joined inside the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. Usually we have three, sometimes even four guests on a Monday, but we opted to only go with two. Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rag Radio, who was also calling the game on television for McNeese's home opener. And their first game under the lights in years, which did not go well. We'll talk to him about LSU and McNeese. We'll talk all things Saints with Tina Howell from Canal Street Chronicles, editor for them, about the dumpster fire performance that occurred yesterday inside the Superdome. And we're going to recap LSU with you. We're going to recap McNeese with you. We're going to recap the Louisiana Raging Cajuns with you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can shake your head all you want, five names. We're recapping. When it's good, we recap. When it's bad, we'll recap as well. That's what we do. With the exception of LSU, it was not a good weekend for your local teams. McNeese lost to a SWAC team for the first time in 16 attempts. And starts 0-3 for the first time since 1975. By the way... The last time that occurred, Gerald Ford was president. Not an amazing performance there in the hole. About an hour and 20 minutes west of Lake Charles on Saturday night. 
the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who were a 14-point favorite, got smacked in the mouth by the Rice Owls and lost by double digits, snapping the nation's longest winning streak at 15 games. LSU rallied, got themselves the dub, first SEC win for Brian Kelly. They rallied. Thankfully, they have Jaden Daniels because he can play. And they're going to be able to be in games and be able to win games because of him. Still don't love that offensive line. Still have questions about the defense. But Tigers rose up. So that was a bright spot for the weekend. But then came Sunday. Second week of the NFL season is proven something that I've stated for a little while here that the NFL is currently drunk. Games are ending in bizarre fashion. See Cleveland Jets. See Miami Baltimore. Just bizarre stuff's going on. Injuries to quarterbacks. Trey Lance is now out. So San Francisco, who couldn't trade Jimmy G because of his enormous salary, gets to have a veteran starting quarterback just slide right in, and that's exactly what he did, and they won the game. But then there was what was going on down in New Orleans. Where shall we begin? Let's start off with the officiating, shall we? There were questionable calls after questionable calls in this ballgame. The drive after the fight, where New Orleans gets called for two penalties that extend the drive. Both of those occurred on third down. That, that changed the game. I'm not big ref conspiracy guy. I've long sat here and told you, for three plus years I don't believe that these refs get together and have a conspiracy against the Saints what I believe happens is that they're immensely incompetent and when you're incompetent at your job you do a bad job the penalty on Brandon Roby are we not allowed to hit guys now at all Like, he didn't lead with his helmet. That was an awful call. Like, just an awful call. That extended the drive, and what, two plays later, Brady's able to throw the touchdown. That was just as atrocious as ejecting Marshawn Lattimore out of the game. What are we doing? Leonard Fournette instigates, gets nothing. It's got to be a rough day yesterday and a rough morning for all you LSU slash Saint fans yeah, that, 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 that still root for your LSU players when they play for opposition. How you feeling about Devin White and his comments? How you feeling about Leonard Fournette instigating fights? This is why you don't root for your college players when they go to the pros. Just saying. So Fournette instigates it. Brady's whining. It instigates a fight. 
And Evans comes running off into the onto the field again. Like I, I, I just the cat's going to have to be suspended. And the fact that they get Lattimore, they eject both Lattimore and their explanation to the pool reporter. There's always one reporter that's assigned out of the reporting pool to go interview the the head of officials for questionable calls after the game. And they share that report with everyone else and all the other members of the media. Complete BS. So that was an atrocious call. The Roby call was an atrocious one, too. It was a phantom call. It was an awful game. And that changed the game. Ejecting Lattimore... Took the Saints' best cornerback off the field. It didn't hurt Tampa Bay as much because Evans is never really a factor when they play the Saints anyway. And that changed the game. The ejection of Lattimore and then the the flag on Roby. That changed the game. And then Tampa was off to the races. And they get the touchdown and then it's desperation time for the Saints. Mark Ingram can't fumble that ball earlier in the game. Like, you have a chance, an opportunity to put points on the board the second week in the row that Mark Ingram fumbles in the red zone. That's that's inexcusable. You are expected to step up and fill the void left by Alvin Kamara who couldn't go because of injury. You're the veteran running back. This ain't Tony Jones Jr. out there. Inexcusable. Spend less time on your podcast with Cam Jordan and spend more time on securing the football. Plain and simple. Get it together. Awful. Awful play. Awful play by Ingram. Defense did its job for the most part. Pete Werner is a tackling machine. Kid can play. Flat out play. Sideline to sideline. But you heard afterwards and back to the brawl. Did you hear how tired Mike Thomas was talking about it? He says says it's got to stop. Because now it's overtaken the game. It ain't simply something living rent-free in a guy's head. Now it's overtaken a game. The nonsense between those two has taken over the game, and it costs the Saints the game. Not having Lattimore on the field changed it. And then the phantom penalty thrown on Roby. So Mark Ingram... Has to have accountability here for fumbling in the red zone in a game that was three to three. Woof. I love defensive football, but there was nothing pretty about that game. That was an ugly game. That was an ugly game between two offenses that don't have identities. And I'm talking about Tampa as well. The thin man, why does Tom Brady look so skinny, by the way? The thin man who now has every Wednesday off. 
sure does look like his last season to me. That offense looks dreadful. A ugly game with ugly offenses. You got to put points on the board. Ingram should know better. He's got to be better. He's a veteran player. Unacceptable. Unacceptable for Lattimore being ejected, and the officiating was atrocious. But we got to talk about the play calling. We got to talk about Jameis Winston. I'm all about guys saying, hey, I want this on my back. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to perform and I'm going to play through the pain. I got no problem with that. None. It's old school. Shoot me up. Give me a shot. Put me out there. I'm going to win this ball game. I don't care if I'm in pain. Now, I'm not a doctor. So let me just say that right up front. There's no PhD hanging up in my office. And no, I'm not talking about a player hating degree either. There's none of that. But when we get told before the game that the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints has four stress fractures in his back and that he's been dealing with immense pain, why is he out there playing football? I will even concede that he wants to go and you're the head coach and the locker room backs the deal and says, yeah, Jameis is our guy. We're going to roll with him. What after the first half of play makes you think that he's playing well? What makes you believe through the first two quarters or even the first two and a half quarters leads you to believe if you're Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael that the guy out there playing quarterback that has four stress fractures in his back that is playing in immense pain, is getting the job done. This falls on coaching. Oh, Winston played awful. Make no bones about it. He was awful. He was awful. He oversailed the ball. He was targeting Chris Olave too much. He was locked in. He wasn't going through his progressions. He resorted back to old Jameis, especially after they got done after Tampa scored the touchdown. He started making desperation throws. He started reverting back to the bad Jameis, and he had a bad Jameis game. 100%. 100%. But you're the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and you know that your quarterback has four stress fractures in his back and is playing in immense pain, and he's playing like crap. You have to make a decision that's the best for the team, not the best for the player. Take away the fact that some doctors commented on on social media that, well, they'll heal on themselves. Okay, great. Once again, I'm not a doctor. Some people can play through pain, and some people can't. If you're experiencing pain, I don't care if you're a football player or if you're a truck driver, or a teacher, or if you're working in a fast food restaurant, if you're dealing with pain, back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, neck pain, arm pain, 10 times out of 10, it affects your job performance. Now, you may be able to push through it. You may be able to still do a good job. 
but there's not a human on the face of the planet that it doesn't impact their job performance in some way. Just dealing with pain affects your job performance. Some of this has to fall on Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. The play calling by Pete Carmichael was not great either. So, to recap the mess that was the Saints game yesterday, shall we? What did we learn? Well, this is what we learned. Mark Ingram coughing up the football in the red zone. Paw ball. Pete Carmichael's play calling. The offensive line did not play great either, by the way. Talking to you, Cesar Ruiz and Andres Pete. Woof. Jameis Winston was awful. And the officiating was absolutely atrocious. Shouldn't have ejected Marshawn Lattimore. You shouldn't have thrown the flag on Roby. It was just bad. Bad. Bad officiating. Some of the worst officiating. And look, I'm not a Saints fan, and I'm not conspiracy guy either. I just think they're incompetent. There's a difference. But 20 to 10. Loss. Woof. Just woof. And you got some question marks now. Because Jameis has played seven bad quarters of football. Played one really good quarter against Atlanta. The other three, remember, in the opener, dreadful. All four this week, dreadful. That's seven out of eight. It could be red rifle time. It, it, I believed that they believed they could do something with Jameis. But it has not looked good so far. It looks like he is, in fact, regressed. Now, I could be wrong. It's only two games. They got to go play the Kitty Cats, Carolina Panthers, who are 0-2. They look like one of the worst teams in the National Football League. Matt Rule looks like he's about to be fired. So, it sets up. It's not time to panic. I'm just saying, they signed Andy Dalton for a reason. We asked you, what was the grossest thing from the Saints' loss yesterday inside the Superdome? 52, right now, your options are Ingram's red zone fumble, Winston's three picks, the atrocious officiating, all of the above. Right now, leading the vote is all of the above with 52%. 25% of you say Winston's three picks. 16% of you say the atrocious officiating. 7% say Ingram's red zone fumble. That red zone fumble was pretty gross. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We will share them with you throughout today's show. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Saints' 20-10 to 10 loss and actually hear from some members of the Black and Gold. What a woof-tastic day it was. <laughs> for the black and gold. You're listening to RP3 and company right here 
on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, the NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. You can get ready to capitalize, finish off week number two. You got the doubleheader for Monday Night Football tonight, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Weird. It's usually the first week, but this year it's the second week of the season because of scheduling. So, another week of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Do you want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, guess what? You get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partners Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Saints lose 20-10. Some awful fumbles in this ballgame. A three-interception performance by Jameis Winston. Bad play calling. And then just some of the most atrocious officiating you've seen in a long time. Just bad. Just straight up. Just the Roby one was the one that really stands out to me. Lattimore being ejected, that was awful, but Roby being flagged just to extend the drive, which set up the touchdown, is just some of the worst officiating I've seen in a long time. Saints fall to one and one on the season. And Dennis Allen. Had to face the music afterwards in a game that was ugly to watch from start to finish. And huh, this is what he said as soon as he went to the podium. We got to do a better job of protecting the ball and giving ourselves a chance to win the game. So there's some good things that happened in the game, but yet everything you know, gets overshadowed by not taking care of the football. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that simple. Five turnovers isn't going to get the job done. Your defense is doing its job. 
It's bottling up. It's frustrating. Tom Brady's over there breaking another Microsoft tablet. Don't let that man be around any tablets because they're going to get broken when they play the Saints. And you just gift them over and over again awfulness. Just, you can't do it. Start off with that Ingram fumble because that was in the red zone. It looked like they were going to punch it in. It looked like they were going to take momentum in this ball game. And then it just went away. It was a game changer. I think the ball's on about the 10-yard line at that point in time. You know, and you know, we're, in a, we're in a good position, you know, with how we're playing defense. That if we're able to put some points on the board, I think we, we I think it was about a minute left to go in the third quarter when that happened. And so, yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a, a momentum changer in the game. Yeah. It did. That was huge. Mark has to do better in that spot. You're the veteran running back. They turned to you because AK-41 was out. And that's what you do. Like, you're not a rook. This is not when he was his first two to three years in the league when he ran scared and coughed up the ball. You're a veteran guy. Inexcusable. Inexcusable by Ingram. That was an awful, awful play in the game. Speaking of awful... Jameis Winston had a night he'd like to forget. And Dennis Allen was straight up ass post-game. Are you concerned about playing him after this? We'll see where he's at tomorrow when we come in and go through the rehab, meet with the trainers, and kind of take it as it as it goes. But, look, I feel like he felt – he and I both felt like he was, you know, in a good position to go in the game. And, you know, certainly we didn't do enough, you know, offensively to, to help ourselves, and, and, and we've got to improve in that area. Jameis was, you had, once again, this this just goes to, is it in the best interest of the team to have a guy who is struggling, who's dealing with four stress fractures in his back, who's playing in pain, throw the ball 40 times? Because that's what they did. 25 of 40 for 236 yards, one touchdown, three picks. He was sacked six times. That's not a recipe for successful football ever, 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 ever. It's just not. Six sacks, three picks, woof. Offensive line has not been fixed, by the way. Tampa's defense is legit. They are salty. They get after it. But come on, man. Come on. Winston, give it to, give it up to him. Stood up straight, came and faced the music with the media, said, guess what? It starts with him. Uh, I, I think it just starts with me. You know, uh, we, we got to just get completions early. Uh, it was some opportunities out there that would have that, really set this game apart. You know, some big plays down the field to Chris uh, that, that we fell short on. And uh, I think that's just it. Man, we're going to keep hitting the drawing boards. Uh, keep on building the, the chemistry of this offense. Man, we got great playmakers. Uh, we just have to uh, execute. He was locked in on Alave so much, he was trying to force him the ball. Once again, 
I'm not ready to hit the panic button or the eject button on Jameis. But he's played seven awful quarters of football. Now, you can turn it around. You can start playing better. I love what he says. I love the fact that he's a leader. The team responds to him. All that's great. But at the end of the day, you can say all the right things. You can do all the right things in practice. And that's great. But at the end of the day, you're getting paid to execute the offense. And unlike last year, this year, he looks like he's regressed. Of the eight quarters he's played, seven of them have been dreadful. Dreadful. There's no other way to say it. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat and say, well, he's no, no, he's played bad. He's played bad. The Saints have played bad. It's only two games. But they got to play better, and Winston said that as well. Like, look, we are going to figure it out. We will play better. We're going to get better. You know, we had some momentum here early in the third quarter. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, ball security. I think we still had a chance to, to get in this game. Uh, they won the turnover battle, and that's why they won. Three picks. They had five turnovers. Ingram fumble and the Chris Olave fumble, too, was dreadful. Just brutal. Poll question of the day. What was the grossest thing from the Saints' loss? 52% of you say all of the above. 25% say Winston's three picks. 16% say the atrocious officiating. 7% say Ingram's red zone fumble. It was one of those games where I wish I had eight different options for the poll question. Because we could also add offensive line play. Play calling. Easily. (laughs) Like, it was pick your poison. John Paul Cajun Daddy says they were still in the game when Olave had the big catch and fumbled. I really think that's the biggest straw that broke the Saints fans' heart. That was a huge play in this game. Ralph Bergeron says that brawl, momentum shift that was handled poorly by the officials. Lattimore should have not been ejected going forward. Concerned about this offense, Jameis has to be patient and take what the D is giving him. Had guys wide open but locked in on Olave. Not wrong. JPK, the OD, says, I'm less upset with the Saints' loss than the LSU win. LSU was the one bright spot over the weekend. Saints turned the ball over, got mugged as usual by the NFL refs, and we were still in the game. End of the day, the Saints' defense manhandled Tampa, and they know it. The LSU game was the most unsatisfying 15-point win ever. It was a win. Take the small victory, JPK, the OD. Joe Cola says, the offense couldn't get it done, moved the ball well at times, other times inept. To use a baseball term, they could not get the timely hits. Play calling also seemed very predictable. Darren on Twitter says, when you're playing against footlocker refs, you'll never win. But Dak Cajun says, the refs don't cost you a two-score loss, too many other things to fix. When you have the top backup in the league and your starting quarterback is injured, but you start him anyway, that's poor coaching decisions. Once again, James Winston has four stress fractures in his back. And... We find out before the game that he's been in immense pain all week. Okie dokie. Once again, love what he says. Love the leadership. But if you're injured and you hurt your team with your play, then you're not helping the team. And it's all about the team. 
Let's head out to the hotline quickly and bring on Dustin. Dustin, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Good morning, man. I'm not sure what y'all saw, but what we saw in Big Vidrine, Louisiana, while we was barbecuing, and I didn't have too many beers at this point. Jameis Winston is trying to overdo it. I mean, yeah. he's throwing the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, and he's 10, 15 feet away from the receivers. I'm not going to fault the receivers. I think our defense was great. Is Winston, was re- if he's really hurt, there's nothing wrong with Andy Dalton. There you Andy go. Andy Dalton is known for winning. A.G. Green were phenomenal. His accuracy is always good, but he's hitting the bench. Put the redhead guy in. Give us a shot. Winston's trying too much. He talks very well, but he plays horrible. Horrible. Lattimore getting ejected. That's just because Tom Brady is the biggest baby on the face of the earth. <laughs> That's all that is. That's all that is. Tom Brady's great, but he is a baby. Winston, bench him. We need to go get Cam. Jimmy G came in there and showed him that he deserves that, that spot when Lance got injured. We should have got Jimmy G. Anyway, it's going to be a long season, man. Oh. I think I'm just going to switch over and, and, and roll with Buffalo, Josh Allen, the beast. Have a good day, RP3. Dustin, appreciate the phone call. My man had to barbecue in V-Dream. There's a, there's a good place to eat in V-Dream, by the way. There's this crawfish place I like to go to. Used to when I worked in Ville Platte. Woo! You've never been to V-Dream, have you? Five names. That's okay. You're from Slittle. Yeah, V-Dream, go towards Ville Platte. It's on the other side of Ville Platte, like when you're going towards Mamu and Pine Prairie or Oakdale. You can take that highway all the way to all of those locations. My man was barbecuing. Dustin had the right approach yesterday. Good, good, good job. Yeah, you're right. Look, Jameis is the type that will do too much. He'll try too hard every time. And yesterday was to the detriment of the team. We got to take a timeout. Keep those phone calls coming. No game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and company. When we come back, talk a little LSU Tigers right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, we went into some seven-man protection. We left the tight end in, um, uh, some max protection. The ball came out quicker. There's no doubt about that. We wanted to make sure that uh, we protected him. You also saw we, we sprinted out on some key situations, came up with some big plays in third down. We had another fourth down, which we didn't convert. The ball came out flat uh, on one roll where we rolled left. Um, but those were some of the adjustments we made. Defensively, it was it was – 
no major adjustments. Um, we played too trail and got a little too soft, got out of that. But everything else we kind of kept the same uh, with our defensive structures. LSU head coach Brian Kelly, after his team's 31-16 to come-from-behind-in-the-second-half victory on Saturday. First SEC win of the season. They improved to 2-1 and one overall. And they had to do it the hard way, came from behind. But credit LSU's defense. Let's give it up to that, first of all. We can talk about Jane Daniels getting roughed up, beat up in this one, but still rallying the troops to a victory. He played extremely well, especially in the second half. 22 of 37 for 210 yards, one touchdown. He also led the team in rushing, which I'm not thrilled about, but that'll be a discussion for another day. 16 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown on the ground. 300 yards of all-purpose offense for him. Goodwin, nine carries, 75 yards on the ground as well. They were able to rush the ball for more than 200 yards. Malik Neighbors led the team with six receptions for 76 yards. It wasn't the prettiest game. But they got the job done. But defensively, credit LSU here. Will Rogers, 24-42 for only 214 yards. They kept everything underneath. Only one touchdown, one interception. They bottled up Mississippi State's rushing attack, held it to 75 yards on the ground after sacking Will Rogers a couple times. So they did a very nice job defensively and Brian Kelly talked about the defensive game plan yeah we had talked about it you know the most important thing is you can't give them uh, a pre-snap look that is comfortable and I think our our players did an incredible job of following through with a game plan that that gave them a pre-snap look and it changed uh, post-snap and that's the players being disciplined. Um, that's uh, mixing up calls. Uh, we played a lot of man on the back. We did not give them free dump-offs to the back, which gets them in really favorable down-and-distance situations and forces them to execute the ball down the field, which you know they hadn't shown that they were going to push it vertically that far. So I think the kids did a great job of executing the game plan, and Matt did a great job with the staff of putting together the kind of disguises necessary to go against the air raid. They schemed it well. They executed it well. And they also took care, took advantage, if you will, of miscues. The muff punt was huge in this. Austin Williams muffed it at his own 10-yard line. And then Daniels had that spinning, the spinning tackle-slipping scramble up the middle on third and goal from the three that made it 17-16 in favor of LSU, their first lead of the ball game. That seemed to change the momentum of this ball game, and Kelly talked about that muff punt being the turning point. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a number of different, you know, things that we could look to. Uh, Jacques talked about the the big fourth down uh, conversion to, to Malik. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, putting the game away. Uh, but that certainly was a momentum builder. I think the score right before the half was crucial. You know, getting something on the board and building momentum with the group so they had something where we could say, hey, you, we didn't play great on offense, but now we're right in it. So I think there are a number of moments that you could look to, but certainly, um, you know, we got one back there, certainly. 
And icing on the cake for the Tigers was, of course, Jay Ward. After Goodwin's 47-yard touchdown run pretty much sealed the game, Jay Ward had the cherry on top with the pick of Rodgers to put the game away. And Brian Kelly talked about Jay Ward. Nope, we don't have it. 31-16 victory for LSU. They improved to 2-1 on the season they'll gear up for new mexico the lobos will be coming to town on saturday and then they'll go on the road to auburn and here's the thing for lsu two and one florida state being three and oh now helps too because maybe florida state's a little bit better than we anticipated once again this is why you don't do polls in the preseason you wait till you actually see games for about a month to figure out how good a team is it's a novel concept. But they should beat New Mexico. That makes them 3-1. and one. Auburn looks very suspect, right? That'll make it 4-1 and one and 2-0 and oh in the SEC. I don't know who is good in the SEC. I know Georgia's great. I know Alabama's very good. And I feel like Kentucky is very good. But then it's a crapshoot with everybody else. There's going to be another team out of this jumble of A&M, Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Florida that's going to end up winning nine games this year. As it stands right now on September 19th, I have no idea who that is. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one, finalize the poll question of the day. That'll all be coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. What was the grossest thing from the Saints lost? Because it was a gross loss. <laughs> right now, 52% of you say all of the above. 25% say Winston's three picks. 15% say atrocious officiating. 8% say Ingram's red zone fumble. This is the time where I wish Twitter had more than just four options for a poll question because we could give you at least seven or eight. S like, seriously. Seriously. Ton on Twitter says this is down to coaching. Winston isn't 100%, and they have to realize it. No need to keep him in that condition. I know he wants to put the team on his back, but that wasn't it. Once again, not exactly wrong there. Hart on Twitter says, I'm not going to be naive and blame this loss solely on officiating, but what most missed is during the fight, Russell Gage swung on Lattimore, and when Michael Thomas scored, Carlton Davis swung on him also. If you're going to make calls, at least give some form of consistency on both sides. There it is. If you're going to be bad, just be bad for everyone involved. Tampa was swinging and pushing on guys multiple times throughout the game, and they weren't flagged. Just little Neff says the offensive line is the elephant in the room. Yeah, we haven't really talked about all that through two games. I don't know if Doug Marone has fixed that offensive line because it sure doesn't appear that way. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. That's going to do it for hour number one. Phone lines are open. Game hotline 337-706-0111. Give us a holler. Hour number two coming up right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. 
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. What a weekend for football. What a weekend for football. The LSU Tigers get their first SEC win of the season. Great defensive performance against the air raid offense of Mike Leach and company. Bottling up Will Rogers, forcing some turnovers as they rally in the second half. Jane Daniels leads the offense and they're able to run the ball very effectively as the Tigers pull out the win. But that was the lone bright spot, unless you're a Tulane Green Wave fan, for teams in southwest Louisiana. I mean, these Cowboys struggled. Great atmosphere, but it was a bit of a struggle against Alcorn State. Plenty of work to be done there in Lake Charles. Gary Goff is is essentially, think of what he's doing there as building a team from scratch. Because that's what it really is. The program had started to dip. They had a coach that really wasn't, had any business being the head coach who was an assistant coach turned head coach. Then they had a guy that came in and treated it like he was staying at a motel and left after a year. They had the APR issues. They had the hurricanes. And and look, Frank Wilson's not a very good head coach. There's a reason why he was fired at UTSA. He can recruit. That's what he's really good at. Frank can recruit. Coaching? Eh. So Gary Goff comes in and has to take over a program that's had to deal with all of that. First 0-3 start since 1975. Not only was that before Hannah Five Names was born, that was before I was born. So that should put things in perspective of how long ago that was. It'll get better. Nice crowd on hand. More than 11,000 folks showed up. All the tailgating was sold out. We walked around a little bit, took some photos. Five names killed it with her gallery. It was a nice atmosphere. You had the mystery rider come out on horseback. There was some electricity in the air, but I mean, this is going to be a work in progress. It's going to be a work in progress. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, meanwhile, whoa. 14-point favorite, I do believe. It was either 13 or 14 points they were favored to go on the road to beat Rice. But Rice proved to be the better team. The Cajuns have some issues offensively. I think that's the best way of describing that. Defense score, a defense force, what, five turnovers in the second half? Raging Cajuns did. Offense doesn't look good. They haven't got it together. They haven't 
got it into a rhythm yet. Rice's defensive line proved to be an issue. But the Raging Cajuns' offense looks stale. As they go in as a double-digit favorite and lose by double digits. Snaps the nation's longest winning streak at 15 games. So for our college teams, does that reset the way we think of them? What happened over the weekend? LSU's now 2-1, and one, beats Mississippi State. They'll likely be 3-1 and one after playing the Lobos of New Mexico. Now have a great chance of being 4-1 and one going against an Auburn team that may be firing their coach. They got housed by Penn State on Saturday, by the way. It's a big question mark. I still think LSU is around like an eight-win team. I still feel like the Louisiana Raging Cajuns are going to be around an eight-win team. I don't think either one is going to be winning a conference championship. The Cajuns have to figure out their offense. And they still have time. Once again, it's only three weeks in the into the season, right? But offensively, they got to figure it out. Offensive line's got to get better, too. So I could see LSU, UL being eight-win teams, getting some pretty good bowl games. McNeese, it's going to be the first year of the Gary Goff year. I don't think putting a win total on them is probably going to be necessary or fair because it's going to be a struggle. It's a transitional year. You know, it's a transitional year for all three of them, isn't it? It's also a transitional year for the Saints. Dennis Allen's taking over. Two games in, what do we make? What do we make of Pete Carmichael's play calling? What do we make of the team being, you know, a week ago, they were pushed around by Atlanta for three quarters. The Falcons were the far more physical team. And Atlanta was out coaching New Orleans for three quarters. And then it flipped, and the Saints had their greatest comeback in franchise history, right? They never came back from that many points down in the fourth quarter ever. Rallied to win on the road. But then to get pushed around, I'm still waiting for Marcus Davenport to make an impact this season. Well, what's Peyton Turner doing? I don't know. Play calling was suspect. Mark Ingram coughing up the ball. Chris Olave coughing up the ball. Jameis Winston throwing the, the three second-half picks. Once again, you got your starting quarterback out there with four stress fractures in his back playing. Why? Why? What are you doing? And still, in spite of those turnovers, in spite of that play, in spite of atrocious officiating going against them, the one on Roby was just awful. And the fact that Lattimore was not ejected, uh, the fact that Lattimore was ejected is what? You got to be consistent here. Once again, you have to be competent in what you do. Yet, Saints lost 20-10. to 10. Still had a chance to win that game. When it was a 3-3 game, ugh. so much of that game was gross. So much of it was gross. And I'm just not talking the end result. It's just that was an ugly game. Just awful, awful game. 
<clears throat> let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green, to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing okay, Mr. Third. I'm a little uh, disappointed in the Bucks win yesterday because you can't beat refs, man. And uh, unfortunately, when you can't beat the refs, that just leads to a litany of excuses that the victor has to hear. But there's some there's some validity to it. I'll say this: the Roby uh, personal foul Ugh. that was that was garbage. Like I'm a Bucks fan, I'm going, what are you doing here? What are you calling here? You know it's like, bad when a Bucks fan goes, that shouldn't have been called. I, I, you know it's bad when a Bucks fan is going, the Saints should have won. Because <sighs> there's a lot of questions there in the Saints was the third. A lot of questions. The O-line looks like a whole group of Andrews Peets. And your quarterback has basically a broken back, and yet he's still throwing 40 passes. And you got no running game, supposedly, without Kamara. And I... You know, but Ingram so had 60 questions. yards, Jamie. He had 60 yards. He was averaging six yards a carry. You just can't cough up the ball. Like, that's the thing if you're a Saints fan. They could they, they, they proved they could run the ball a little bit against Tampa. Look, Tampa's defense is salty, right? I, I just, it, 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 it is good. It is a very good defense. And got some great players on that side of the football. You know, Winfield and Devin White and, and everything like that. But you can't cough up the football in the red zone. Like, you can't do that right. either. Well, how many? But how many carries did he have? Like not yards. How many carries did he get? Ten. You had ten carries on a guy who was averaging six 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 yards a pop. Carry. Yeah. I mean, you're throwing it forty times. Yeah, that, I know. That's, I know. I'm not good at math. That's not great, man. So uh, uh, yeah, I have to I ask. I, I I have to ask. Your, your team is two and zero, oh, which that look. This is the NFL. Mr. Green, right? Yeah, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it looks pretty or not. You don't get style points. Right. So your team's 2-0 and in the driver's seat right now early on. But offensively, are you concerned about the Bucks through the first two weeks because they struggled to get in the end zone the first week against Dallas, and then they struggled to get in the end zone again against, uh, against the Saints yesterday? Any concerns about Tom Brady in this offense? You know, yes and no. Uh, you know, we are missing some key players. Uh, but at the same time, and I hate to say this because it's the Cowboys, their defense isn't that bad. And the Saints' defense is really stinking good, too, even yeah, without C.D. Deuce. That's fair. So I'm worried somewhat. I'm not overly worried because we just played two of the top defenses, in, in my view, you know, just from the eye test. But, you know, if we lose to somebody like the Jacksonville Jags or something, then I'll be concerned. But, you know. We'll just have to wait and see. And you got to, uh, and Jamie, you got to do something about your boy Tom Brady. Looks like he needs to eat some mashed potatoes or something. A couple extra helpings. He looks skinny, man. Man, and he he got to work on that uh, anger issue, bro. I mean, how how much do those tablets cost? I mean, I, I, granted, I, I get it that he's a multimillionaire, but come on, you need to start treating things with respect. <laughs> those tablets. And, he's hard on them tablets, bud. Them tablets are oh, hard on those tablets. I guarantee, you, I guarantee you, if there had been a Saints defender over there, he would have picked them off too. Anyway, um, but I'll say this for McNeese too is that I hope that they they keep with golf and and give him give him time. 
You know, you said this is the first 0-3 start in, like, what, 40-plus years? 1975. I wish I say that about the Demons, man. They've been 0-3 every year since, like, 2007. I never thought I'd miss Scott Stoker, but, man, here we are. Oh, man. And, and he wasn't – you know, they were trending badly under Scott, too. Remember, he had, what, two 4-7 and seven seasons – as well during those last four years or whatever like that so but yeah that was their last winning season they haven't even sniffed a winning season since then appreciate the phone call brother enjoy your day my friend y'all too y'all take care let's head back out to the hotline oh we did have ryan but ryan had to go ryan if you'd like to call back we'd love to hear from you bud hotline is open 337-706-0111 look there's a lot that went wrong in yesterday's game the the play calling of Carmichael now now towards the end some of Jameis's numbers are because they were behind right so you had to catch up so you had to go to the passing attack but they did seemingly go away from the run game too much in the offensive line I thought for sure Doug Marone was going to be able to fix this offensive line Does the offensive line look fixed to you? Because it sure doesn't to me. Sure doesn't to me. Does not look fixed to me. If I'm a Saints fan, I'm a little concerned about the offensive line. Because it's still a work in progress. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Hannah Five Names' favorite caller from Erath, Louisiana. Martin, good morning, my friend. Your Cowboys won, bud. You feeling good today, huh? No, I'm not feeling good because, I mean, I know what the end result is going to be. The if, and I still say it's a big if, if we make the playoffs, we're still going to lose in the first round. But, I mean, it's a win. We beat the defending AFC champions and that person that everybody likes to call a quarterback, Joe Sar. I mean, Burrow. But... That wasn't the reasoning behind my call this morning. But uh, pretty soon, I'll be saying instead of we them boys, we, I'm going to be saying we them girls. Because, I mean, it's just a matter of time before <laughs> I take it down. I mean, just a matter of time. I've been a lifelong Dallas fan. I've seen this rodeo before. Oh, uh-huh. I know, bud. I know. I know. You, you just got to enjoy the small victories, bud. Being Joe Burrow yeah. and Jamar Chase and all them. You know, that's 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 a feather in the cap, bud. Come on, a win's a win. Especially when you got oh, yeah. the scout team quarterback out there playing for you. You got to take it, man. I mean, at least we didn't lose to the Lions, but I'm not going to go down that road. Oh, but, but uh, see, 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 you think that would upset me, but as you t- as you messaged me yesterday, I was just like, yeah, uh, that's that seems about right. That's Everyone, when you got uh, Carson Wentz as your quarterback, oh, I mean. Dude, dude. See, see uh, you, 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 you talk about it's even been longer for the wa- my Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders since they won a Super Bowl. It's even been longer than for the you, my friend. So, yeah, I, I, I know how my franchise is. The real reason I called in this morning was for all them people, for all the haters that were hating and calling Tua Tagovailoa a garbage quarterback. All right. I knew if you gave him time, he gets healthy. The man is a decent quarterback. I'm not going to say a great quarterback because he's still got a lot of proven. But 460-somewhat yards and six TDs, come on, man. A garbage quarterback don't do that. I Granted, it's one game. I understand. But 
like I, I messaged Matt yesterday. I said, this man is going to ball out this season. I'm telling you. He's got the, he's got support a supporting cast around him. He's got a decent running game. I mean, my, I said, everybody's picking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. I said, hold, hold, hold up. Slam them breaks because I think Miami got a little something to say about that. And as a matter of fact, they play this Sunday. So a lot's going to be told out of that. Don't be surprised if Miami runs the table on Buffalo, okay? Woo! Fire take by Martin this morning, brother. Appreciate your phone call. You know we got nothing but love yes, for sir. you. Oh, and God. you and you are Hannah Five Names' favorite caller for me, Rath. Yes, sir. Oh! Like Darren is the number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company. Martin, Hannah's favorite caller for me, Rath. Boom. Go ahead and put that on a business card. Keep those phone calls coming. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. Lots to digest. Lots to digest. We're going to have a conversation about the Cincinnati Bengals and that offensive line, by the way. Because Joe Burrow was sacked six more times over the weekend, I do believe. They fixed the offensive line. They may not have. And they lost to Dallas with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. I saw Joe getting a little salty with his head coach, too. During the game. And when he says in the post game, we're going to have to win games differently than we did last year. Woof. Woof. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to RP3 and company right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer. Or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the NFL's opening week was action-packed, and guess what? Week two, even more so. And it's going to conclude tonight with a doubleheader of Monday Night Football. So make sure to check out the week's two worth of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Do you want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you're going to get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037 game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 years of age to play. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. 
Licensee Partners Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Let's talk a little Louisiana Raging Cajuns football, shall we? Disappointing weekend for UL. Double-digit favorites going into Rice. They lose by double digits. Defense forces multiple turnovers in the second half, but the offense was dreadful. Offensive line, still not quite there. Running game, still not quite there. Quarterback play, still not quite there. Offense is still the big question mark. And Coach Dez afterwards mints no words. And you know what? He said, guess what? This loss, this is on me. You know, tonight it certainly is disappointing to say the least. You know, it, it falls on me. I, I didn't I didn't do a very good job. I didn't have our guys in a good plan to go out there and go win. So I, I've gotta I've gotta look in the mirror. I gotta go back to work and we gotta we gotta fix the things we need to fix, including starting faster on offense. You know, you can't leave the defense out there the entire game. It just doesn't work that way. We gotta execute better, you know, when we're not running the ball effectively. I, I need to need to open it up and throw it a little bit more sooner and, and let our guys play. You know, at the end of the day, my job is to have them ready to go out there and go compete, and that, that wasn't it right there. That certainly wasn't good enough. And, you know, if, if you got to point a finger, it's certainly mine. Is that me? I appreciate Coach saying, hey, this falls on me. But they got to figure out offensively what they're doing because they're not good right now. They're not consistent through the first two games. Remember Southeastern, they had a good half and then had an awful second half. Against Eastern Michigan, they had an awful first half and then had an enormous second half. Now, they weren't good at all against Rice. Only 175 total yards. Rice beat them on yardage 449 to 175. A Raging Cajuns offense had 114 passing yards and only 61 yards on the ground. That's it. They can't run the football. That starts up front and with the running backs. They were three for 11 on third down. Went for it twice on fourth down. Didn't get it either time. They only had nine first downs compared to 27 for Rice. You can't leave your defense out there the whole time. Time of possession. Rice had the ball 41 minutes and 51 seconds. UL had it 17 minutes and 22 seconds. That's not winning football ever, 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 ever. And you got to figure it out. And you got to figure out what's going on to change it. And they don't have an identity offensively yet. And Des talked about they need to figure that out so they can move forward. You know, a little bit, you know, a little bit. I think, you know, the identity that I want to have, I want our team to be be able to run the ball when we want to run it and do those things and do some of that. But, you know, every team is different. And, and as a coach, it's your job to find what your team is good at. And, you know, the last two weeks, you know, in the first half have just, it's just not been what it needs to be. And, you know, for us tonight, I mean, our kids fought to the end, man. I mean, they played hard. They had to put up with a lot of stuff out there on the field that, that I'm a little bit frustrated with, which adds to it a little bit, insult to injury. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, the offensive performance tonight, I mean, that, that's, that is, that is me. I coach the quarterbacks. I've designed the offense. I call the plays. So I, you know, I've got to figure us out a little bit better and I got to put our kids in position to go out there and have success. Chandler Fields was 7 of 14 for 38 yards. 38. 38. 
one touchdown, one pick. Rollridge wasn't much better. Six of 14 for 76 yards. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care what level you're at. You can be FCS, FBS. You can be Division Three. I don't care. That's not winning football. When you're getting that out of your offense, woof. You're not going to win. And look, credit Rice. They did a good defensive game plan. They got after it. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Credit them. They came to play. They're 2-1 and one now in the season. But the Cajuns have yet to be able to run the football this year, effectively, through three games. And their quarterback play is wildly inconsistent. Dez talked about, gave his thoughts, his insight as a former starting quarterback for the Cajuns, how Chandler and Ben did Saturday night. I'm not going to talk about it right now. I mean, Ooh. we're going to watch the tape and we're going to figure it out. You know, a lot of mistakes were made, especially early in the game that, you know, I've said from the very beginning, I expect our quarterback, number one, to be a product of the offense, to make the decisions that are supposed to be made, to go, you know, to run the offense and to be a product of it. Go where the ball needs to go. You know, we didn't do that very well at time. But I, I'm not going to comment on specifics on how we're going to do things moving forward. We're going to assess everything like we do after every game, win or lose. And, you know, those that's that's the way you have to do it. You know, the team is, is the priority. And so everything we do is in the best interest of the team. And, you know, whatever that may be is what it may be. But we're going we're gonna to watch the tape. And we're going to do what we always do. And we're going to make corrections. And, you know, we're going to find a way to win the next game. That's, that's, that's all there is to it. And we'll do whatever we got to do to do that. A little salty. It's a little salty there with that response, right? I, you can tell he's frustrated. You can tell he's frustrated. It sounds like to me he's a coach that's seeing something going on in practice that's not transitioning to the game. That's what it. That's what it. That's what it feels like. That's what it sounds like. We're working on this in the game, and yet this isn't transitioning over. We're working on this in practice, rather, and this is not happening in the game. Neither one of them played well. And another thing that's creeped up back-to-back weeks now are penalties. They were gashed for, what, over 100 yards worth of penalties against Eastern Michigan. And then what happens on the road to Rice? 11 penalties for 85 yards. That's not winning football either. And he talked about the uh, the penalties being a problem yet again. It's been pretty one-sided the last two weeks, and that's that's something that's frustrating um, quite a bit, you know. Um, so we'll look at it on the tape. You know, those guys, I know they got a tough job as officials, and I'm not going to sit here and comment on some things that, you know, it's, uh, you know, they got a tough job to do. We got to do a good job. We got to play clean, not give them a reason to call it. But, you know, certainly, yeah, I mean, it, it gets to be a little bit frustrating whenever it's one sided. And you now we got to look in the mirror and say, you know, what are the things that we can clean up that we need to? You know, some of the stuff from last week we did, and this week, you know, we, we've got to, we got to do the same. Got to go back and look at it all and say, all right, why, why is this happening? What's going on? Um, you know, I certainly don't think any official goes out there and wants to throw a flag on us. So we're giving them a reason, obviously, to look at it, and you know, we got to address it. It's the right thing to say. They played clean the first week, second week, not so much, third week, not so much. So right now, Cajuns are 2-1. and one. They head up to take on ULM on Saturday to begin, uh, begin Sunbelt Conference play. Penalties have been an issue. Offensive line's been an issue. Not running the football's been an issue. Quarterback's been an issue. So we'll see. Should be a win on Saturday, but they were a double-digit favorite at Rice. So we'll see what happens with the Raging Cajuns. we got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk with Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network, also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He'll give us his thoughts on the LSU game. He was also in the house for McNeese's game as well. He was on the call for the broadcast 
So we'll have Jeff share his thoughts on both of those things. That's coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. He is the sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's the news director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. And he also, you know what, broadcast Southland Conference games, which he did on Saturday when he was in the Lake Chuck with yours truly. It's our good friend, Mr. Jeff Palermo, joins us now. Jeff, good morning, brother. How are you? Doing well, Raymond. How are you doing? Bud, let me break it down for you. Busy weekend, obviously, had to be gone, okay? Had to be gone this weekend from the family, obviously in the Lake Chuck like you were. But yesterday, even with watching the grossness that was the Saints-Bucks game, had a great time with the family, hung out with my wife, hung out with my daughter, had a great time. We had some crawfish etouffee. We watched some television, watched a movie, you know what I'm saying? Just some quality family time, bud. How can you not beat that? There, there you go. There you go. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You you you're all over the place as well, my friend. So yeah, I, I think you deserve some family time as well. So let's start off with the Tigers. I know you weren't there in person because you were you were calling the McNeese game um there with us, and we'll get to that. But let's start with the LSU game. Jane Daniels sure does seem like Brian Kelly's got something special with him. He he can make plays and he can rally the troops. And he's done it uh, yet again, did so yet again on Saturday. No, I thought it was, uh, you know, after watching the game, uh, yet watching the game yesterday morning, I guess, uh, since I wasn't able to really watch it uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I, I mean, he is, um, I mean, he makes plays. And uh, I think it's telling that, a second time this season in less than a month, he's been able to put together some rallies, um, get the team going. It, and it's all about, well, I don't want to say it's all about, but running an up-tempo offense seems to be to his liking. And it's something that LSU is going to have to uh, certainly uh, look at even, even harder here. I, I mean, sometimes you don't want to be, you know, up-tempo all the, the entire time because you may, burn out your defense but it's it seems to work with this team and um you know once again i I think it's it's telling to see this team have a another really strong finish to a football game first time around it didn't result in a win but this time it did and really i think uh, when you look at it a a pretty solid victory uh to uh, open up sec play Jaden put on quite the show and he was very good specifically late and I agree with you that up tempo just kind of fits him right that's where he kind of thrives and I think you're going to see we're going to see more of that with Brian Kelly and how they call the games 
where they're just going to use tempo more. Defensively, though, credit the Tigers' defense because they bottled up Mike Leach's air raid offense. Will Rogers didn't really have a big game, right? Less than 200 yards passing, uh, only the one touchdown. They couldn't get anything going and credit all three levels of LSU's defense because they played extremely well in this ballgame. Well, when you hold Mississippi State to less than 300 yards of offense, you're doing something very well. And Brian Kelly talked about it after the game. They were um, showing one look defensively pre-snap, and then once the snap occurred, uh, they would switch into a different defense. So, you know, Brian Kelly sounded the alarm a a week ago when he talked about uh, just how explosive this offense is. And if if you don't dot your I's and cross your T's, and if you're not dialed into the game plan, if you miss a bunch of tackles, it could be a long night for you. And the team took that message to heart. I mean, they, they really, I thought they played uh, ex- extremely well. And uh, they got after it as far as uh, Mississippi State. Uh, they tackled well. They did just did a, a lot of things. Um, you know, the, the move to put Jay Ward in the slot position, I think that's really paid off so far. Um, he, I mean, he had a, a huge game in that contest, including uh, getting that that last interception. So uh, maybe they found something there with Greg Brooks in at the other safety. So, but uh, for a guy like him, he got, you know, he had 11 tackles, a couple pass defense, uh, a really productive game out of him. So uh, I, I thought it was a really good, really good day. I think a really good game, you know, really for the entire coaching staff. Um, you know, they're just, uh, they're laying out a game plan. The team is, is, is going out there prepared. Is it pretty the entire time? No. Do they want to get off to a faster start offensively? There's no doubt about that. But I, I think for the most part, um, what you like seeing is, is that they're laying out a game plan. They're making adjustments and, Right now, the players are are trying to follow through to their best of uh, their capability. They'll have New Mexico. Oh, the fighting Lobos come to town. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to his voice. (laughs) Listen to his voice. On Saturday, that should be a win, right? So now we're talking about LSU heading and making the trip to the Plains, being 3-1 and one overall, their only loss being a one-point defeat to a right-now undefeated Florida State team. What do we make of early on, if that's the case, if they head over to Auburn, do you like their chances to beat an, an Auburn team that got absolutely skull-drugged by Penn State on Saturday and their coaches embattled? Yeah, I think you like their chances for sure against Auburn. Now, I don't know, maybe can Auburn kind of – rally the troops here is this a defining moment for them where uh they, they get they get beat badly against penn state and they can rebound a little bit now auburn's got missouri at home uh this weekend you know that that could potentially be a a, a game that uh, auburn can win uh really auburn it, it gets very tough for them uh in the month of october i mean they, they got a, a really diff i mean they're playing Again, they're going to play. They're going to have to go on the road and play number one ranked Georgia. Um, they got tenth ranked Arkansas coming to town. They got to go and play at Ole Miss. So that um, it, it doesn't look good at all for Auburn. And, and I think when you look at LSU's schedule now, and after you've looked at it for three games, I mean, I think really, uh, and I think we still got to find out a little bit more about Ole Miss. But I mean, I think. All these games are winnable 
Um, obviously, Alabama would be tough. I, I'll say they're all winnable. Or, or LSU, you, you feel good about LSU's chances in all these games except maybe Alabama and Tennessee. And, and I might add Ole Miss to that list. Uh, still, we're still kind of waiting to see what they're all about. You know, and Arkansas will be a tough game as well. They got to go up to Fayetteville, but I think all these games they got a chance to win at uh, Tennessee and Alabama. I think are going to be difficult, uh, even though they're both in Tiger Stadium. So, you know, that, I, I think the path is there. Raymond for this team to go eight and four. I, I really do. I, I think it's it's there. I, I don't know if they can get to nine wins. I think there is going to be another uh, stumbling block um, because just because we and, and you know Brian Kelly talked about it after the game about being a, a, a really good football team by the time November comes around and they might have a couple of tough games before that. You know, a couple of tough losses before that. Uh, especially by the time they get to the Alabama game. But, um, I mean, I think you just – I think this season you, you don't try to look too far down the future. I think you take them one game at a time. What you're trying to see is this team developing, is this team uh, – does this team seem to have a plan? Uh, and, and so far they're, they're showing all of those signs. And uh, the, it, it's a program that's really growing together. Jeff, and I said it earlier, I mean, you look past Georgia, who's obviously a dominant program and a dominant team right now. Alabama's very good. I don't think they're dominant. They're just very good. And Kentucky and Tennessee are off to great starts. But somewhat, you know, A&M, Florida, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, who apparently runs the ball now like a service academy, they, I don't know. In Arkansas, one of those teams is going to be a nine-win team. I, I just I don't know who it is right now. Like, I have no no idea. Yeah. No idea. Uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you about McNeese. It was a great environment, sold out the tailgating, 11,000 people in attendance, most they've had in a long time. First game under the lights since before the Hurricanes, but still lots of work to be done there for Gary Goff and company. Give me your takeaways of what you saw from the McNeese Cowboys on Saturday night in the hole. Well, the McNeese is a, a young team, and Alcorn, I thought, they, they came into the contest with the more veteran players. I mean, they had a, a veteran offensive line. Um, their quarterback has been around for a long time, even though a transfer from Louisiana Tech, Aaron Allen. And um, I think this is just a young team that McNeese has, especially on the offensive line, and it showed because Alcorn got after um, Knox Kadem pretty good in that game. I think it was an eight, nine sack, something like that. Um, so Ten. it was, uh, there, there was a, there was some stuff. I, I mean, there was some stuff that I think uh, coach Goff liked, but they continue to really struggle on third downs. I mean, they were one for 11 that night and they're, I don't know, they're probably now like four for 31 and that's just not, that's not winning football. So he talked about trying to play complimentary football, uh, and, and they weren't able to do that. They couldn't get up. They couldn't, they couldn't keep drives going. Uh, the defense, uh, I think, got kind of worn down by the uh, end of the game. And so, yeah, I, th I think it's a um, – it's, it's, it's right now for them, it's, it's early on in a rebuilding stage. And uh, that was a tough blow. They should be able to bounce back, though, this Saturday against Mississippi College. Jeff, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy Tiger Rag Radio this week, and we'll talk to you next Monday, bud. All right, sounds good.
we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number two update, that poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. What was the grossest thing from the Saints' loss on Sunday to the Tampa Bay Buckaroos? Plenty of options. Mark Ingram's red zone fumble. Winston's three picks. The atrocious, and I say atrocious officiating. That call on Roby is one of the worst ones I've ever seen. We could also have given you multiple other options, by the way. The play calling, woof. The offensive line, woof. But there's only so many options on the Twitter poll question. Right now, leading the vote is all of the above with 51% of the vote. 22% say Winston's three picks. 16% say the atrocious officiating. 11% say Ingram's red zone fumble. Salty Steve has chimed in. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who has the ugliest NFL team of them all? I agree with RP3 and his sentiments. It was not a good game. Not a good game. And yet they still had a chance to win. But the, the officials were just terrible just awful shouldn't have ejected Lattimore and you shouldn't have thrown that 15 yarder on Roby that's a clean hit man there was nothing malicious about that that was an awful I'm not even a Saints fan and I'm telling you how bad that was that was an awful 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 call awful call keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter hour number two in the books hour number three phone lines are open Game hotline, 337-706-0111. We'd love to hear from you. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. What a wacky and somewhat gross weekend it was for football. <laughs> Just... Oh, man, still trying to wrap my brain around what we saw, what we witnessed over the weekend. And so many bizarre games. Jets-Browns finish. Like, how did the Jets win that game? They found a way with Joe Flacco. Jets come back to beat the Browns late. The Arizona-Las Vegas game was bizarre. Where Murray was really good, scrambling around, and they had a fumble return in overtime as Arizona comes back to beat Las Vegas. You had Raider fans in the stands popping champagne like in the third and fourth quarter thinking they were going to win. It didn't end up that way for them. Did it. No, no. No, no. There was none of that. The Colts. Oh, Indianapolis looks awful. They were shut out to the Jack Wars. Ugh. 
Ugh, woof, woof. Miami-Baltimore was fantastic to watch. Two great young quarterbacks battling it out. Dolphins rally to win that game. 49ers have Trey Lance get put in an air cast. Broken foot. He's done. Done for the year. So they have to turn to Jimmy G, who they held on to, because no one wanted to pay him to be a backup. Well, that works out well. You can't have enough quarterbacks. Bizarre weekend in the NFL. Bizarre play call last night on Sunday Night Football when the Bears and the Packers, where it's fourth and like goal, and you're the Bears and you're trailing, and you have your six foot two, 230 pound quarterback, and you decide to go, you know what we're going to do? Let's line them up in shotgun formation and have them try to do a quarterback sneak from that. Didn't make it, by the way. NFL is just, through through two weeks, the NFL is absolutely drunk. Not to mention Dallas winning with a scout team quarterback. Joe Burrow and the Bengals have lost to Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers and Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. And Joe Burrow is being treated like a rag doll back there between behind an offensive line that was supposed to be repaired. And it feels a weird place. But of course, there's there's just all the appetizers, right? For us here in Louisiana. Because it was Saints Bucks yesterday inside the dome. <sighs> Where to begin? Five turnovers, you're not gonna win many games. I don't care if it's peewee football, high school, college, or wherever it may be. Does not matter. Turn over the ball too much. The play calling is not good under Pete Carmichael. Jameis Winston played with four stress fractures in his back. Why is he playing? I, I Look, I'm not a doctor. But if we find out before the game that the guy's got four stress fractures, oh, well, he can't hurt it anymore. Okay, great. But he's in immense pain. How's that going to help? You could tell he was in pain. You could tell he was overthrowing. You could tell he started resorting back to his bad habits. Bad game by Jameis. Awful game by Winston. Mark Ingram fumbles the ball in the red zone. That was a killer. That was an absolute killer. You can't do that. You're the veteran running back. The team's looking to you to step up, and you choked. That's what that was. I like Mark Ingram. The fans like Mark Ingram. Spend less time working on your podcast with Cam Jordan. Spend more time figuring out how to secure the football because that's back-to-back weeks where you coughed it up in the red zone. Points came off the board because you didn't do your job. That was killer. The play calling was suspect. Winston looked bad. He's looked bad for seven of the first eight quarters of the season. Now, I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the kitchen sink. Baby without the bathwater. That's the same. Sorry. But something's got to change. They got to adjust something. Play calling suspect. Mark Ingram coughing up. Awful. Jameis Winston played badly. Played poorly. Defense 
played extremely well, but I will say this about the defense, and we don't talk about it enough. They don't get a pass rush. They're not getting a pass rush against a banged-up Tampa Bay offensive line that was down with their starting left tackle, and they still couldn't get a good enough consistent pass rush. That's something that I'm just put aside because there's other more important things to focus in on right now with the Saints, but the lack of a pass rush is something that stands out to me and go, eh, that's, eh, that's interesting. That's interesting because they're supposed to be leaning on their defense, and they played really well yesterday for the most part. But five turnovers, the offensive line does not look like it's been fixed. Andres Pete and Cesar Ruiz still look like they're struggling. Winston, three picks. But the officiating was absolutely atrocious. You have no reason to eject Marshawn Lattimore there. He didn't instigate the fight. Evans ran off the sideline to deplete him. That guy gets ejected. Why is Lattimore getting ejected? It's ridiculous. And Fournette doesn't get anything for being the instigator as well? Come on, man. But the Roby one was even worse. The Roby one was awful how could you possibly think that's a penalty in what world is that a penalty I have no idea once again I am not a Saints fan and I'm telling you that was some of some of the worst officiating I've seen overall that was a terribly officiated ball game once again I don't believe there's a conspiracy I don't it's incompetence at the highest level you are the NFL you're telling me you can't find better officials Really? Unbelievable. It's 2022, and we're still dealing with this. Set out to the hotline. Welcome on Donald to the show. Donald, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Good morning, R.D. I, I just I, I got a question. How come every time the Saints lose, they holler about the officials chief? I don't understand that. How, how is that? Well, I don't, I, I, I don't holler about it, but there was bad officiating in yesterday's game. You have to talk about it. I mean, that yeah, Roby play say, was terrible. You say you're not a Saints fan, but you, you, you sound and you're talking like a Saints fan. Well, I'm not. You I'm, know, and just, I, I'm not. And just like the Roby play, you know, my thing is this, right? They need to throw that rule out, uh, 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 hitting a defensive receiver. All receivers are defenseless when they're getting ready to catch the ball, right or wrong. I agree with that. That's a terrible rule. You know what I'm saying? That's a terrible rule. Yeah. They, yeah. They need to throw that out. But the best is yet to come with James Winston. You think he played bad yesterday. Just let him play for 16 games. You're going to see what's going to happen. So, you so, he, so, he showed, he Donald. showed his DNA yesterday. That's oh, so, okay. Is. Okay. So, okay. Okay. That's so you're saying what you saw yesterday is who he really is. Is that, that that's, that's what you're saying? That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. Let me, he, if he's staying there long enough, that's what they're going to get. At least one, at least two interceptions, a game. I guarantee you that. Let me ask you this, Donald. Do you like think. Just like you say, he tried to do too much. That's just hey. like when he get outside the pocket. Why still look downfield and try to throw it when you can run it? Run it and slide, you know? I agree. I agree. Look, and he's always done that, right? He's always mm-hmm. – he tries to do too much. Guys that are, have that natural arm ability always think they can, they, they can make something happen, right? So they always try to mm-hmm. overcompensate 
when they should mm-hmm. should do something better. Now, I, I am interested in to see. Do you think? Do you think the Saints are going to make a change, or do you think they're going to stick with Jameis the, all, all sixteen games? They're going to stay with Jameis all sixteen games until in, in, until he, 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 they're going to see. You're going to see. I got you, brother. I you appreciate the phone. Don, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for listening, bud. I hope you enjoy your day. All righty. Thank you. Jameis does have that tendency, and, and, and Donald's right there. Typically, when the guys have the big arm, Favre used to do this all the time, by the way, and, and so did Big Ben, right? Guys that have the big arm, when things start going sideways a lot of the times, they think they can just throw their way out of it, right? Now, I'll just throw their way out of it. And as the game progressed... Now, is this because, did this happen because he was getting sacked? I'll I'll pull up the numbers. Wasn't he sacked like six times yesterday? Six or seven times, Jameis was. Sacked in this ball game. You got four stress fractures in your back. You're dealing with immense pain. You're getting roughed up. Things aren't going well. Not surprised that he went back to trying to do too much. And he also locked in on Olave a little too much there, especially in the second half. I think that's a fair assessment. And some guys, when things go bad, when things go wrong, they resort back to old habits. They do. So I don't know. I thought they would fix the offensive line and credit Tampa's defense because it is salty. But the offensive line has struggled through the first two games. Now, once again, how much does not having a typical preseason make a uh, make a difference in this? Winston was sacked six times yesterday. Six times. How much does not having the preseason reps matter and affect this? That probably plays a role, right? Because you're not getting that. And another question, and I think it's legitimate. Do we feel they're using Taysom Hill the right way in that Joker role? Or do you feel like they use him and then forget about him? Because through two games, it sure does. Because remember, in the first game, they got the early touchdown with Taysom in that running package, and then they went away from it. So once again, I go back to the play calling. Do they quite understand how to utilize all the assets they have? I don't know if they're doing it well. I don't know if they're doing it well, really. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on, Paul, to the show. Paul, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? All right, bro. There's a half and a half. Thank God for the Yankees and the judge doing his thing because our things got cheated. So, yeah, so that last call that sounded like a foul girlfriend. Let me speak on this same thing. When it comes to Winston, Winston had to do too much because it was clutch moment, trying to win the game. No different from when Drew Brees was doing it. And Drew Brees would throw picks. People trying to – we were saying that now everybody going to blame Winston for this game. Before Winston started throwing those picks, for one, the offensive line not blocking. Two, the ref kept Tampa Bay in that game to win that game. They kept him in that game, no matter what the score was. Now, you took, you took you take over turnovers, whether it's fumbles, you take um, bad refs. Some refs did bad. You know what I mean? The line not blocking. So there's a lot of little things that Saints need to work on that I've been calling before the season started. I knew the offensive line was going to be a problem. 
But when you you can't blame Winston for this because when we played from behind with Drew Brees, Drew Brees did the same thing. I think yeah, I'm not gonna say it was cheating, but I can say it was cheating because when you look at what happened, like you saying about people not getting penalized, Evans and Fournette, Tom Brady the one started it all. Nobody talking about how he started it. He can get he the only player can get mad at getting people faces, but it's okay. And Lattimore did nothing. So why the refs didn't punish the right people? Now, Lattimore in some situations, man, just he should have just walked away, didn't say nothing to Tom. Because you know what they're trying to do. This is where Evan, he locks Evans down. Evans is mad. We missing C.J. Johnson, C.J., for a lot of good reasons, to get underneath people's skin and stop the run. It was a bad game. We, I'm not going to blame Winston. Taysom Hill need to start throwing the ball instead of running all the time. Defense know he's going to run. We need some little change-ups, some little things. Hey, it's just game two. We got some stuff to work on and learn on. And let's start with that offensive line. Let's not blame James. He was trying to win the game. Same thing like any other quarterback do. I don't think he was doing too much. He did what a quarterback was supposed to do. One of them, he underthrew him. So, here's what it is. And my brother, I think your Washington team, they're going to be all right. You know, Carlson Wentz, he don't have um, no expectations on him. He's like a fifth <laughs> magic. He's going to do okay, and he is doing okay. You know, especially in fantasy. So, I, I, see, the, I see uphill for your team in a sense of this year. This man's so bringing the positivity this morning. I like it, Paul. Yeah. Thank you. All right, my brother. Finish listening. Later. See you, bud. Have a great day. Look, I, I, like the last, the, the the pick six, that was just desperation time. You kind of, you can't really kind of look at that. And, you know, the game was already kind of out of hand by that time, out of reach, if you will. But that offensive line, whew, it, they got to do better. They, they just got to do better. And there's little things. They got to do better job with the play calling. They have to do a better job with pass protection. Jameis has got to do better, not trying to do too much. They got to call better plays. Defense has got to do better on how to get a pass rush. A hobbled offensive line for Tampa Bay, and they only, they only sacked Tom Brady once. Tom Brady is 45 years old behind a makeshift offensive line, and they only got one sack. What happened to the pass rush? What happened to the pass rush? I, I, it's, it's a legitimate question with this team. Where did it go? I don't know. You got Pete Werner that can play linebacker, sideline, and sideline. He's great. Great. But where's the pass rush? Where's David Onyemata? Where's Cam Jordan? Where are these guys? Marcus Davenport, I'm still waiting for the light bulb to go off on him. We heard in the offseason that getting the amputated figure that he was going to be better. Has he? It's only been two games. But I don't see Marcus Davenport making an impact. We don't talk about it enough. We focus on the turnovers, five of them awful. Ingram was atrocious. That was awful. Just awful. You can't give up points. Winston made some poor decisions late. Plain hurt. Offensive line, not good. The officiating was awful. The Roby call in particular was one of the worst I've ever seen. But that defensive defense not getting a pass rush, something to keep an eye on. That could be a concern as the season progresses. But once again... It's only week two. 
twenty to ten loss, and they get Carolina now. Carolina's zero and two. Well, it sure does feel like Matt Rule's about to get fired, possibly during the season. That's not working out well in Carolina, but you have to go on the road. Panthers always play the Saints tough. Another division game to start the season. But if the Saints can bounce back and get a win against Carolina, well, guess what? They're 2-1. And 2-1 one. And and one in the division. That's not bad after three games. Still time for them to fix their woes. But it's got to start sooner than later. Good phone calls. Good way to start off the week. We got to take a timeout. But before we do, I want to let you know that time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Tick, 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 tick. You got to go register in the Game Rewards Club today to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay on Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last, the final. Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. Astro weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Love Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll talk more about those Stros and a little McNeese Cowboys football next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know, I don't even want to talk about there is no moral victory. Yeah, there was some flashes here and there, but overall, we got to play complimentary football on both sides of the ball. We got to stop the run. We got to convert on third downs, and and we got to hang on to the football. That's McNeese first year head football coach Gary Goff talking about his team following a disappointing 30 to 19 defeat to visiting Alcorn State. It a lot of buzz about the game. First game under the lights since before the Hurricanes. First 7 o'clock kick since 2014. They had the mystery rider come out pregame, ride the horse onto the field. More than 11,000 fans in attendance, sold out tailgating. There was a lot of buzz about this game and about this team and lots of excitement in Lake Charles for what Gary Goff's trying to do by trying to build his program. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. But there's still work to be done. They fall 30-19. to they begin the season 0-3 for the first time since 1975. Gerald Ford was president. I wasn't born. There you go. That's how long it's been. And I'm an old man. This was a game where neither team got anything going offensively in the first quarter. They combined for 77 total yards and four punts in the first period. But... Alcorn State, a more veteran team. In a lot of ways, they had bigger players, especially on the line of scrimmage, which made a huge difference in this ballgame. Grabbed the momentum early in the second quarter by putting together three touchdown drives. 
Nico Duffy had a 13-yard touchdown run. Javarn Howard added an 11-yard touchdown run and then scored on an 89-yard pass from Aaron Allen where the DB missed the tackle. He stayed in bounds, and he just went down the sideline. McNeese was able to get a field goal before the half, but it was 21-3 at the break. Now, they were able to score, get back into this ball game, and put some points on the board, but it wasn't enough. Alcorn State kept adding field goals to distance themselves, and more importantly, they sacked quarterback Knox Kadem 10 times in this game. 10 times. Ooh. Devin Dawson and Taryn Ellis and themselves had two sacks apiece for the visiting Braves. And Coach Goff talked about his quarterback's performance and him getting sacked so many times. Getting sacked 10 times probably caused him to start looking at the rush a little bit. After you, you get sacked five times, you're start, probably starting to look at it. You know, he, he definitely uh, should have came off a couple reads. There's no doubt about that. Me and him talked about that. And, and then there's a few others where I thought, you know, he, he should have completed the ball, you know, on time. One being, you know, one of our uh, boots, you know, out of, out of the pocket there early in the game. But still, I, I am gaining confidence. I know it sounds crazy. I know, uh, you know, we're not playing good enough to win the ball right now. But I, I am gaining confidence. He's learning through some mistakes, unfortunately. But the kid doesn't lose his boys on the sideline you know, he, he took a little bit of a beating tonight and was still in there trying to sling the ball now we, we got to clean up some reads for him but you know you know I, I, I don't have the answers I wish I did I wish I did I'm, I'm searching for him I promise you they did go up to try to go a little bit more with tempo right in the second half and that, and that seemed to work a little bit helped out Knox somewhat because he was able just to quickly throw the ball into in between the hash marks, and they were able to get some things going offensively. And Coach Golf was asked, you know, do you think possibly you can, you're can you going to be running plays a little bit quicker in the future to help spark the offense sooner in a ball game? Well, it's a, it's a tricky situation there, right? Yeah, I'd like to play really fast. And, yeah, we, we, we might just have to say, heck with it, and just keep playing as fast as we can and, and not worry about, you know, how, how many snaps are defense out there. But that's what I'm trying to do right there. I'm trying to keep defense in mind and, and keep them out of a tough situation. But if we got to start doing more of that and maybe get, you know, this young offense kick-started and, you know, there's, there's less mistakes by doing that, yeah, yeah, we have to do a little bit more of that. You know, right there in that third quarter, we, we played fast because, you know, we are just trying to get Mason the ball, to be honest. You know, we're trying to move him around and go as quick as we could getting him the ball and I, I think we scored him maybe four plays so you know it wasn't like it's a, a real fast you know sustained drives it was just you know we had two big plays and then we got down there and scored two plays later but it's definitely gonna be have something we, we, we're gonna have to look at and talk about a little bit more because it does seem like we play fast there's fewer mistakes there was a moment in the game that seemed to kind of d- deflate their chances a little bit they appeared to have made a 54 yard touchdown Huge touchdown, and then it got called back for a penalty, and they were unable to do anything with it. And he he talked also about, you know, how big was having that touchdown taken off the board. Yeah, it was a big penalty. It was a big penalty. They told me that we, we, we definitely had a hold. We took him to the ground. Again, I'll have to see film. I, I can't see that in the trenches. But uh, if, if that's what it was, that, that's a crucial mistake right there. It's seven points off the board, you know. You know we, we had our chances, and we didn't capitalize on them, you know. So whether it was a penalty that stopped the drive or a turnover, there at the end, you know, I thought Knox made a, a very poor decision on, on that one interception there at the end after we got the safety. Uh, we, we were trying to take a shot right there with Mason. And, you know, Mason gets – 
knocked to the ground by one of the defenders right there, and uh, we, we kind of throw it blindly to the middle of the field. So, you know, I, again, going to have to go back and, and evaluate the film, but, you know, I, I, I do believe Knox will continue to get better. This is not the level that's going to help us win football games. we got to do a lot better than that at this position. They committed eight penalties for 90 yards in the loss. Now, seven of those did come in the first half, but still plenty to work on. Offensive line still a work in progress. Knox Kadem is still a work in progress. They got Deontay McMahon, who had over 100 all-purpose yards. He's good. Mason Pierce is good. They have some good players. They just got to figure it out. They got to be a little bit more disciplined and got to figure it out. Now, they'll have a chance. They take on Division II Mississippi College on Saturday. Mississippi College moved up to D2 not that long ago. They used to play in the old American Southwest Conference with Louisiana College D3 program. So you should be able to win that game. But McNeese had never lost to a SWAC school before. They were 15-0 or 16-0. That happened. So looking to get win number one on Saturday, Coach Gary Golf is. Quickly, Major League Baseball. Hey, Houston Astros, they just keep rolling right along. Framber Valdez makes history. We talked about how good he is and just what he's able to bring to the table in his capacity. He is amazing. He recorded his 25th consecutive quality start. That's a new Major League Baseball season sing, uh, single season record. Did so yesterday. His ERA is 2.57 after six innings of two-run brawl today against the A's. He threw just 87 pitches yesterday, surrendered four hits, and struck out seven. He's had an absolute phenomenal, remarkable season it has been a huge bright spot. The Astros won yesterday to take three of four from the Oakland Athletics. They won 11 to two. They're now 96 and 51 overall. Their magic number to clinch the AL West due to a Mariners loss yesterday is now down to two, two games. Astros keep it going. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Rays and what likely would be a, huh, could be an ALCS matchup next month. They start that series today. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Big Easy Blitz, Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles will join us to try to make sense of what happened yesterday inside the Dome. That's next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara. Breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone. Touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and company. Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles now joins us. How much Pepto-Bismol did you have to drink yesterday after watching that atrocity? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Very terrible. I'm I'm still really frustrated, but it is what it is. It's time to move on to the Panthers. <laughs> okay, so when I look at this game, there's a lot to dissect about particularly where the offense is at. We've seen seven let's be honest bad quarters from the offense this season in two games one great quarter against Atlanta and the improbable comeback victory we'll get to the officiating which was some of the worst I've seen but uh, give me your thoughts on offensively through two games the play calling the decision making and everything from the offense because it is looked bad for seven quarters okay so I'm gonna start with Jameis Winston he has four fractures in his lumbar. 
he shouldn't be playing. It is very obvious yesterday what he did in the fourth quarter last week versus what he did yesterday, that injury is affecting him. It, at some point, if the player is not going to take themselves out of the game and say, hey, look, I'm not 100%. I can't, I can't, I can't go. I can't do this. I can't 100% be in this game. The coaches have to make that decision. And I put that on Pete and I put that on Dennis yesterday because they did not pull him from the game. They should have pulled him from the game. And they didn't – they just – it's so – like I said, I'm so frustrated. It's like I almost can't even talk because we know that this team is very talented. We we made all the the signings and moves in the offseason to bring in these wide receivers. They're not connecting with Jameis. Jameis is hurt. He's got fractures in his back. The O-line is not doing as, as good of a job protecting him. He's not connecting with Olave. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on. Like you said, we could go into the, 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 the penalties. This team is way better than what we're seeing on the field. I know Saints fans are imploding this morning. They're still, they're just like Twitter, social media, everybody's just going off. There's just so many things. It's hard to pick apart exactly what is the problem. But I think it all starts with Jameis Winston. And I'm not faulting him because Drew Brees carried this team and played injured so many times. Jameis Winston only did what he tried, you know, what he is, is, is he's a competitor. He's a warrior. He's out there. He's the leader of the team. He's trying to make something happen. He's trying to carry the team on his back, but his back is broken, literally. So he can only do so much, but at some point coaches have to make a decision and pull him from this game. There's a whole reason why we upgraded to Andy Dalton, isn't it? To have a better backup. Why wasn't Andy in there? Jameis was limited in practice all week long. So Andy got time with, the first team why wasn't he out there when it wasn't working why didn't they make adjustments why didn't they you know uh, the, pl- the the play calling was just terrible we were the run was working and you you know you stop like I just I, I'm like I said it's just so many things it's hard for me to like nitpick just and say okay well, this is the one little thing that we really need to focus on so there's just so many and we're better than this I know we're better than this but right now, it doesn't look it. And it makes me very nervous because if you're not going to make adjustments, is this the Saints team we're going to see for the next 15 games? So let's focus in on the offense. The offensive line, you know, they bring in Doug Marone to fix it. Uh, he's a veteran guy, a well-respected guy. I know it's early in the season. And McCoy has played well and Ramchek has played well. But Andres Pete and Cesar Ruiz – there works in progress, and if you have a hobbled quarterback that's coming off an injury, you got to be able to protect him better, right? I, I just all right. I, if, uh, how concerned are you about the offensive line? Oh, I'm very concerned. I said this last week, and I made it in joke because that's what I do. That's my defense mechanism. When I'm angry, I make jokes. I said, you know, they're so those two are such a liability. State Farm won't even cover us. Literally, I mean, it's just it's 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 like you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. They've both, we, we talked about Pete last year. Which, I mean, it just, this is like a broken record. And like you said, if you have a quarterback who's hobbled, who's injured, at what point are you going to sit there and say, okay, look, we, you know, we have to have some accountability on the O-line for this. Jameis gets sacked. He's coming off of an injury last year. So it's just, it's frustrating to me. You know, you see the three picks people are bringing up old Jameis Winston. No, because look what he did last week in that fourth quarter. He stayed calm. He didn't throw picks. This week he was trying to make things happen. You know, he just, he was rushing a pocket. It's like, okay, are we going to throw it all on him? No, it's the O-line. And, and, and that is, that is the most important thing. And Drew had so much protection for so many years 
and he was able to make things happen. But I mean, Jameis, and again, you know, the, you go back to the off season, you go back to training camp, OTAs, a lot of our players were hurt. They weren't spending time together. They weren't working out together. So I, I kind of like equaled last week to being a fourth preseason game because these guys took so long to click in the fourth quarter and had that comeback, but they they looked rusty. They looked lethargic. Even the de- the defense did. It was just, but I mean, they were so tired from being on the field so much and the offense just wasn't clicking, but it was like, well, you know, I got to think about this. We had three pre- preseason games. They only played one series together. You know, Mike Thomas was limited. James Winston was limited, you know, on all their workouts together. So it's like, okay, they ha- it took time for them to, c- to come together. Okay. So here we are now this week. We're playing the Bucs. We hold the Bucs to three points to the third quarter. It's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't have won this game. And, yeah, I do think officiating – this is, like, one of the top five worst officiating games against the Saints, and that contributed a lot to it. But still, again, at some point, accountability. You have to start making adjustments and making changes, and it's only week two. Yes, a lot can happen. There's a lot of football left, but it's got to start now, today. They need to be in those meetings this morning and look at that film and say, okay, look, this is, you know, we need to clean this up and start benching guys if they're not going to perform. They're getting paid too much money to sit here on the field and literally, like you said, be pond I know you love that term, so I had to bring it up. <laughs> uh Ingram's a veteran guy, and I like him. I do. But it's two weeks in a row that he fumbles in the red zone, Tina. I I just – that was a huge, huge moment in this game where you you had points on the board, and he's the vet. He coughed it up. This isn't his second or third year in the league when he was scared to run between the tackles and coughed the ball up. He's supposed to be the veteran guy. He's supposed to step up with Alvin Kamara being out, and he just had a huge miscue there. He did. And I love Mark Ingram. I've made no secret about that. I was so excited when we brought him back. And what he did yesterday really hurt us. And it changed the momentum of the game. And you're right. He's a veteran. He's got to do better. And the thing is, the run game was working. I, mean, I think he had like 60 yards yesterday. I mean, On 10 carries. To yeah. Cough up a ball. Yeah. To cough up a ball, you know, at that point, just two weeks in a row, he's got to do better. And I hate to say this because I do love Mark. If this is, you know, something that we're going to, if this is going to be consistency on him and not being able to, to secure the ball, then guess what? He needs to sit the bench too. I mean, it, it just, you've got to start making these guys accountable for it. You can't sit, it can't be wordplay. And him, you know, yesterday, yes. I know you tell, you can see he's, he's very emotional. He, you know, he loves the game and he, he knows he's wrong for it. But I mean, if it continues, you get the, it, you can't just sit there and keep telling him over and over, okay, you got to do better. You got to do better. You know, it's, it's like a, you got to con- look at it like, you know, a toddler or a child when they do wrong, you keep telling them, no, no, no. At some point you got to punish them, you know? So yeah, he needs to be benched if this continues because he's hurting the team. And this, and I, like I said, I love Mark, but I mean, we're, we're just better than this. We're all better than this. I mean, it's just, this is the, the Saints team that we have on paper is not on the field right now. And like I said, we have time to clean it up. We're only one in one. I mean, the Panthers haven't lost, uh, haven't won a game. The Falcons haven't won a game. So, you know, we're, we're literally, it's, it's one game behind the box and we should have had that game yesterday. So, you know, a lot of football left, we can clean it up, but I mean, we got to start making guys accountable. We got to, you know, actions have to speak louder than words at this point. Speaking of no pass rush from the defense so far this year. Why what's going on there? I don't know. It's it's very like last week they were last week I like I said I thought it was Rust and then I you know after rewatching the game I realized they were on the field a lot um, and they just you know the Dolphins wasn't giving them any time to to rest but this week it's like 
it's almost like a, a Dr. Jekyll Hyde situation. Again, I don't know if it's just the injuries. I don't know if they're just, you know, I mean, we lost CJ and CJ wasn't like, he was a good player, but I mean, like to look at everything and say, okay, you know, Marcus May got hurt yesterday. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what, you know, is the chemistry that we lose? Is there something, you know, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think Malcolm Jenkins last year, you know, we all, we did lose some players, but it's like to, to look at the team, it's like as a whole, it's like, they're not there. The bond isn't there. You know, these guys, it's like, that was the one thing I was saying, you know, defense get on the field and, you know, they're going to perform well. And like they did, like I said, they held the bucks to three points, but I'm not seeing what we should be seeing and what we're used to. It's, it's very, like I said, it's, it's, it's very confusing and it's frustrating. I haven't had a chance to rewatch all the game yesterday yeah, and I don't even know if I want to, honestly, because you know when we get into officiating, that's a whole other thing with me. Cam Jordan for way too long. David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport. I, I'm not seeing them make plays, like, and that's no. and that's other than other than Demario Davis. That I mean, he was the you yeah. know the the one name that we saw. And again, these guys are getting paid too much money to just literally you know not be producing on the field. Yeah. We're more better than this. We had a five defense last year hobbled hobbled offensive line right. guys out for tampa with a 45 year old rail thin quarterback back there these days and uh, it, they i don't know they couldn't take advantage we're talking with tina howe of canal street chronicles all right let's talk about the officiating i don't understand how you eject Lattimore when he was the victim of mike evans coming out there and trying to mm-hmm. deplete him on the thing so I, I don't understand that, and that was atrocious. But that Roby call was worse to me. I, I just there's no when way. When you got Mike Piera sitting and watching, yeah, I, I I rewatched that, and I don't understand how they didn't call it on Cameron Bright because he was the one going into uh, Bradley Roby. You want to talk about another penalty? The cornerback Carlton Davis he threw a punch at Mike Thomas. There's a video going all over social yeah. media right now. Nothing, nothing called. And as far as the the fight. I went back and watched it three times because somebody said, you know, it looked like Brady, Brady was the one who was mouthing off. Fournette actually was the one who, who who got physical. Lattimore defended himself. And Bruce Arians, who's no longer the coach of the Bucks, is on the sidelines. And he, he goes and sends Mike Evans back out there. Yes. And gets and it just turns into this ball. And then, wait, Lattimore gets uh, – no, no. And it, Lattimore I, gets ejected. I, I, Evans should have been ejected. Bruce Arians should have been thrown out the game. He has no business being there anyway. He's not even the head coach anymore. And but but Brady's got away with all this for his entire career. Uh, okay, so I'm not oh, surprised yeah. by I mean, that. The league loves him. And the and and the league loves him. But it was absolutely atrocious. Let me wrap it up with this, Tina. Do you expect this team to bounce back in a big way against a desperate Panthers team who looks like they may be firing their coach in a few weeks? And a quarterback that can use his legs. Uh, do you think they're going to bounce back on the road against the Kitty Cats? I do because the Panthers have have not looked great, and 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 to me, this is like a make or break game for the Saints because I mean, this is our this will be our third division game before we go to London. I had us going three and zero. I'm hoping that you know, hey, look, I just we drop drop this game and and they correct the mistakes. You know, today is Monday get in there, start looking at film, making guys accountable. You know, like Dennis Allen needs to be a presence in that locker room like Sean Payton was. 
you know, yeah, he was, he was cool with the players, but man, when, when somebody did something, he got on them for, it. I mean, we see, you know, there's tons of memes and, and videos over the years, which I'm being Dennis needs to do that. He can't be their friend at this point. He's got to be their coach. And, and it also starts with him and Pete, they need to learn to make adjustments and play calling when it's not working, stick with what works. If Jameis is hurt, put Andy Dalton in there. Don't let him, I mean, cause you know, people, they're going to start to turn, you know, how Saints fans are, they're going to start turning and score. You lose the support of the team and the fans. And then you lose that, that uh, magic in the dome at home field advantage is something that, you know, the crowd gets into and they just they need to be more accountable. Everybody does. It starts with the O-line, the, the, the defensive players, the coaching, everything needs to be worked on. There's not one particular thing I can sit there and say, hey, right now, you know, we're doing great at maybe special teams because Will Lutz obviously is back and, you know, um, Gilligan's been good. But I mean, yeah, it, everybody needs to be accountable. I mean, this team is too talented on paper to be sitting where we're at right now. And yeah, it is week two and there's no time to panic. But I mean, if it continues again, like I said, defer- definition of insanity, we've got to get better period tina appreciate your time as always keep up the tremendous work with the canal street chronicles and we'll talk to you soon thanks have a good one hey just a reminder here in louisiana there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface sometimes multiple lines in one area so you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence a pool or any other reason you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches what happens then Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you to call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Got to take a timeout, wrap up today's show, get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's next, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs> Oh, the NFL's opening week was action-packed, and so was week two. And we'll wrap up week two's action tonight with Monday Night Football. Plenty of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, though. And this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years age to play. Deposit and wagering restrictions and eligibility can be found at DraftKings.com slash football terms poll question of the day final results what was the grossest thing about the saints loss 51 percent of you say all of the above seven 22 say winston's three picks 17 percent say the atrocious officiating and 10 percent say ingram's red zone fumble i'm going to take a moment to thank our guest jeff palermo from the louisiana radio network and tina howe from canal street chronicles that'll do it for us until tomorrow be safe out there be kind to one another Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros.